0: Um, good day and welcome to a new episode of Over Underrated, a music podcast with Fran and Babs. I am Fran and today we are discussing all things Australia. We have ACDC as potentially overrated and The Vines, one of Babs' favourite bands of all time, as potentially underrated. I have made the ACDC playlist and Babs has made for Vines playlists, so we shall discuss 10 songs from each band and then decide at the end. So please sit back, relax, of course subscribe and follow us, and enjoy the podcast, guys.
1: Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast?
0: <laughs> Was it over-underrated? Over-underrated. over-underrated. sous évalué. Welcome back to another episode of Over Underrated. How are you doing, Babs?
1: I am good, Fran, despite being really sunburned and having not one, not two, not three, but four mosquito bites on my shoulder.
0: Four. Um, I I I don't even have one, so... I mean, um...
1: it'd be, be very happy. Yeah, it's quite frustrating because... As I was telling you before the record, I'm going to be a bridesmaid soon. So, you know, weddings, photos, and uh, I'm going to look pretty patchy and pretty bitten. So I'm just applying a lot of after sun, taking antihistamines and, and keeping my fingers crossed for the best.
0: Are you the kind of gal to spray tan for a wedding? No, absolutely cover.
1: No. no, I am. Okay. Um, I am only British up to a point, uh, <laughs> even though I'm sure it would make me look a lot better. But fuck it. I'm going au natural. <laughs>
0: I mean, I I, I always spray tan guys for weddings.
1: Do, like you would, would you like to do strictly club <laughs> dancing to be able to?
0: Orange <laughs> Fran dancing.
1: Orange Fran, I like that. But yeah, how are you, Fran?
0: <laughs> As I'm English, I should complain that it's too hot. Mm. That's what we do. Apart from that, I am excited because I have a lot of music to go and see this month. Ooh. I have Tears for Fears, and I have truck festival so that is going to be glorious
1: very exciting like who's playing at
0: truck festival this year truck festival without looking at my phone um bombay basketball club uh Meh. sam fender vector oh good i've mentioned yeah. a, a billion times before Kick. uh sundar karma sigrid i don't
1: know that's sun. sundar karma did you say
0: Sundar karma Sundar karma i don't know who that is um sports team
1: oh, okay so
0: inhaler palace Shame, Big Moon. Oh, Shame are good, and some lower level artists
1: that <laughs> you don't know,
0: and Calice as well. Oh,
1: Calice is great.
0: There we go. Khalees... I knew there'd be one person like. Calice is really good
1: live. <laughs> I, I I must have told the story of how.
0: Oh, and Casabian, oh. I've mentioned previously on a podcast. Oh, the
1: the two K's that, <laughs> <laughs> not not the three. Let's move away from that quickly. Um, but yeah, I must have told the story of like I saw Calice live for free at a festival Mm -hmm. in in leuven here in belgium but the crowd did not appreciate her and she did a greatest hit set with a dj kind of fading stuff in and out and it was great i think i think i have a good time
0: if she does some cooking on stage i'll be very happy yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean why not do both
0: Why why not why
1: not do both i mean isn't that what comedian george egg
0: does he does, indeed. Yeah. He does, indeed. But he doesn't uh, sing about any milkshakes.
1: Oh, I mean, imagine sadly. <laughs> imagine her mixing a milkshake while making it. I mean, that would be a good feat as well, wouldn't it? You know, dancing and shaking, not getting any of it on her clothes. Reach out to us, Kalise. We've got some ideas for you.
0: Uh, I'll send an email.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, what? but today, we're discussing artists from a completely different location and a completely different genre, aren't we, Fran? Hey, segue!
0: <laughs> we are, indeed. We are going down under. And we'll be discussing an overrated band called A C D C and a an underrated band called The Vines.
1: Yes, we're talking about two two Australian bands, one of them absolutely ginormous, the other not really a small band, but one that's overdue a bit of a reckoning and one of my, you know, favourite bands from the from the mid noughties. So I am quite excited to get into it, Fran. You made the playlist for A C D C so Introduce them. Why have you picked them today as overrated?
0: Okay, guys, uh, I am not an ACDC fan. So when we're thinking of a band from Australia who we could consider overrated, we didn't have many to choose from because there's not many massive bands from Australia. So we chose ACDC. So therefore, I took the task on working out a playlist even though I probably knew about seven songs. Right, um, okay.
1: so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this.
0: <laughs> so, as a big AC/DC fan, um, <laughs> I've delved really deep into the back catalog by basically choosing all singles from the past like 50 years. Um, so yeah, I have no history in AC/DC. They were just one of those rock bands that existed that you would you would hear during a 90s film of Arnold Schwarzenegger occasionally um I knew one of them had a schoolboy outfit and that was basically it um I think I only found out they had two singers in the past five years I had no idea at all so I just literally went through their albums and chose like songs from each album and picked some of the big hits i left some of some of them off because you know we all know back in black Mm -hmm. so and that's a good song it is a good song it is a good song but we've we've heard it far too much Mm -hmm. so yeah so i just drip fed um yeah and i've never seen them live i don't own any albums um i think i discovered most of the songs during the film iron man 2 (laughs)
1: This really? is <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is quite bad because considering what I worked in a music shop and I'm over twenty years old. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe the UK doesn't really play them. Mm. I, I know in America they seem to be huge, and Australia seems to be huge. But yeah, they seem to that's sort a of band who always play a stadium, but you would never really hear a song on the radio anywhere really. Um,
1: occasionally, I think some of the some of the songs that you've picked certainly. But you know, on specific but, yeah. radio stations like Radio X or or maybe heart every now and again no
0: yeah but it would be like highway the hell or back in black yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be basically you know um like like when i discovered thunderstruck i assumed that was like a an old classic i, I thought was, it was Iron
1: maiden song we're gonna come to Did that yeah. <laughs> yeah when i first heard the riff i was like oh okay
0: the the young brothers were from glasgow and they moved over with their eight siblings whoa uh-huh. Their el- the eldest brother was in a band called the Easy Beats, who became a big hit. Had a big hit in Australia, and then he became their producer. And they uh, formed ACDC after seeing it on their sister's sewing machine. It was
1: actually their sister who suggested it. Yeah.
0: And then later on, a taxi driver told him that that means bisexual. <laughs> Really, and, and I had no that. idea. Yeah, <laughs> but like, did it, and then that one wasn't live, people said it means Antichrist, Devil's Children." I mean. But they they stay stick to the same story. <laughs> it's the, it's the same machine. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. They um. They formed. Um, in 1975, and then they replaced their lead singer, because he is a bit too glam, with Bon Scott, who is the most Australian-sounding man of all time, even though I think he's also Scottish as yeah, well Yeah, he birth. was, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, ACDC, the, the most Australian band ever, although three of them are Scottish, and their new singer's English. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, they had some band changes. and then, yeah, they... they got bigger and bigger by playing all the clubs. Then they got too big for Australia. And then by the late 70s, they were hiring and Lang and then having massive hits like "Highway the Hill. Hell. Uh, bon Scott sadly passed away in, in 1980 from an alcohol incident. Mm-hmm. And then they just thought about quitting, but uh, Bon Scott's family told them to carry on. So they replaced him with Bron and Johnson from Newcastle and then released "Back as Black, which I think sold £30 million?
1: albums i've got some stats for you coming oh oh hey yeah
0: and then they've been going strong for the past 40 years and released a new album a couple of years ago although malcolm has retired from ill health replaced by his nephew stevie young so babs tell me everything you know about well
1: my literal first note is i don't know much about them (laughs) 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 so i i'm not a particular fan either but they are one of those bands where I'm like, surely there's a playlist out there for me. Like they've been going for so long and have so many songs. Mm. Surely, surely there's there's a playlist because Back in Black, I think, is a great song. And I don't mind that being overplayed compared to some of the other songs that you've included on your on your playlist. But yeah, people talk about them being influential, but are are they? Like, I mean, they're productive, but why them over other people making similar music? I don't know. Maybe Maybe you can tell me.
0: Well, they certainly have, the word I can't say, riffs are plenty like surely by now they must have angus must have run out surely. i was thinking like
1: <laughs> so many albums like surely you've done that guitar solo somewhere else and you don't realize it surely
0: it's like when in the 80s when we had the, the um, electro synth boom there's so many like single finger keyboard riffs mm-hmm. And then after a while, like bands like the Push Mode and OMD moved away because obviously they've they've run out. <laughs> like let's let's use some let's, let's do some layers of of rather than a, a catchy riff. Because yeah, there's only so many things you can do really. So yeah, I'm surprised that Angus is still going. I guess hardcore fans may think, oh, hang on, that's a repeat of his song for like, 1977 or something. But you know, um, he seems to still be giving at large and it still still seem to be the bluesy hard rock band of all but are they influential yeah i i don't, I don't know, know. I, I can hear i can hear a bit of guns and roses occasionally like thunderstruck See, i don't,
1: I don't know guns and roses either so i'm uh... like maybe you know it's been filtered through other bands that i don't know mm. so much in the 70s and 80s because yeah my i guess my rock era is a bit the '90s, but not so
0: like was grunge
1: influenced by this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. I guess
0: like bands like Wolf Mother. Yeah. You'd be looking at ACDC. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, like like Thunderstruck sounds a bit like Muse. That could be a Muse riff. <laughs> oh. I feel like
1: I'm gonna say okay later Muse. But yeah, I mean it was again interesting to research. I finally found out why the hell Angus Young wears the schoolboy outfits cuz again his sister Margaret suggested yeah. it and it said he tried a number of stage costumes such as Spider-Man, Zorro, a gorilla and a parody of Superman named Superang. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually his uniform from Ashfield boys high school in Sydney so you know respect for for the brand. But yeah, like so here are some facts for you on on their kind of success. Go on, then. So they sold over 1.3 million CDs in the US during 2007, despite not having released a new album since 2000 at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And for ages, they actually didn't put their catalogue online until November 2012. So that's that's kind of interesting that yeah, they still managed to do that. Thank you.
0: Otherwise, this podcast would not exist. <laughs> exactly.
1: And yeah, so in 2009, they, the Recording Industry Association of America named them the fifth best-selling band in US history and the 10th best-selling artist selling more albums than Madonna and Mariah Carey. They've sold more than 200 million records worldwide, including 75 million albums in the United States. Um, And Black & Black has sold an estimated 50 million units worldwide, making it the second highest selling album by any artist and the highest selling album by any band. Like, did you know they were were this successful? Because I did not. I
0: know that. Because it's quite mad, isn't it, that your lead singer dies and then you Mm. bring out an album a few months later and it's your biggest ever album. Like That does not happen often. No. You think a few fans would be like, fuck you, you're not bon scott yeah but yeah it's insane and like i remember i remember when they first came back i think 2008 after a big break they had the most patronizing like advert on uk tv oh, it yeah? was a man in his shed listening to acdc doing air guitar and his wife going oi are you coming back in and then he goes in a minute it's like as if only people who could listen to acdc have to 50 old white men in wow the shed. <laughs>
1: I was
0: like, really? Oh <laughs> wow! Well... Come on, at least at least try and try and pretend you got you can influence other people. I thought, mm. come on, that must be a bit of a joke. I mean, yeah,
1: it's it's the stereotype. Uh, like, love the nagging wife as well. How uh, how fun? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah right. you know, Fran, I thought given given the, what I've just told you, so you know that they've sold the second highest selling album by any artist. I found this on Wikipedia, which is. Eight the eight albums that have sold more than forty million copies worldwide. So I wanted to test you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some clues obviously as we go. But yeah, what what do you think is the best selling album of all time?
0: Hi, this is your editor Fran. Beware that these stats were at the time of recording, and may have changed since. Now back to the podcast. Uh, isn't it well in the UK it's a, it's greatest of Queen. Uh,
1: it, but it's it's not Queen, and this is this is worldwide.
0: Worldwide. Yeah. Well I guess you can have to go for things like Thriller.
1: There we go. Number one. Michael Jackson okay. Thriller. Okay. So number three is from nineteen ninety two. And let's say it's not just one
0: artist. Is this a soundtrack? It's a soundtrack. It's the bodyguard. It's the
1: bodyguard. Number three, the third best-selling album of all time, is the. But can
0: you think of of other songs apart from? Absolutely the big eight, not. I, but, I mean, I haven't seen the film, so. Oh <laughs> okay. There we go. I
1: have. <laughs> Number four is the greatest hits from 1976. Who does it belong to?
0: Abba. Nope. Seventy six.
1: You know, think about how Americans buy a lot. There Eagles. we go. There well we done. Go. Greatest hits, 71-75 Again. Surprising, not surprising. Uh, number five, a British classic from 1973.
0: 1973, It was bigger. 1973, mm. Bowie. No, no.
1: Think people who already big, bigger no. earlier.
0: Earlier, Pink Floyd.
1: Yes. Which one?
0: Dark Side of the Moon. They're very
1: good. That's number five. Three to go. Number six. You've just mentioned one of the people who was definitely involved in the making of this album from 1997. Very different vibes, and I couldn't, I cannot believe this is the sixth best-selling album of all time. Who have
0: I mentioned? 1997? Yeah,
1: so you, you've mentioned it's not someone in ACDC, but someone involved not... in ACDC.
0: Oh, oh, Matt. Who was? Sinatra. Come on over.
1: The sixth hey. best-selling <laughs> album of all time.
0: <laughs> Fuck <laughs> me. Fucking
1: hell. I mean, listen, catchy songs, but again bloody she's definitely if we do canada part two we are picking her as overrated um number seven american classic from 1977 very famous band
0: seven american band at 19. well actually america
1: well that will give it away not not just american
0: oh is it rumors it
1: is rumors by fleetwood mac well done and
0: thank you and uh, finally
1: you. also from 1977 also a soundtrack is it ha ha ha
0: ha staying alive.
1: I am clapping because corrects so very few Thank hints, you. but yeah, that what a list. What a mad mad list, I thought. Uh especially Shania twain
0: <laughs> That is I always find it mad that she like didn't do anything for the past twenty five years really. Uh, like, she, she did um
1: a guest spot in Board City where she was very funny and uh uh I said Abby had to be her personal trainer. Very good. Recommend checking it out. But that's that's all I've seen recently as well. But yeah, so um I think yeah, one or two more things to say about ACDC. I really enjoyed that the band are finding out that the band are colloquially known as Akadaka in Australia. Oh, yeah.
0: according- Akadaka, mate.
1: Akadaka, according to to Wikipedia. And yeah, and it's another kind of um, over underrated bingo because the book Under My Thumb, which I mention a lot about women mm. women who talk about the sexist bands, are like there is a chapter on ACDC and and yeah she kind of debates of like because you know there are some songs where i literally it's kind of like a rape fantasy and let me put my love into you but she argues that the women in whole lot of rosie and you shook me all night long you know had agency and are having a good time sort of thing so she she's like i'm a feminist but i don't i don't think it's too problematic which i'm like mm, i don't know i'm i'm a bit on the fence on that because uh i, I think that's obviously much much worse than acdc but uh
0: but yeah. I was, I was actually looking through the YouTube coins. You know, you can see like a thumbnail of the faces. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see any woman talking yeah. about them at all. But it's weird though, because, like, you know, like Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith, they have a massive female fan base. I don't know why ACDC Thinning you don't.
1: I mean, did they cultivate it? Because I guess they're a little bit glamour, Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith, right? And especially Aerosmith with their very endogenous lead singer. I think that's. And what's his face? Joe tyler perry perry i was like no stephen tyler oh brain dead uh i think that's gonna attract a few more people but uh yeah i i I don't know i think you know i think of my mom who was a rock fan and she always said that like oh that's up in a two match show i think there is something a bit like that about acdc as mm. well right like it's not that it's not that they're um being like we are manly men but it's like it really is a very similar kind of music <laughs> with little flourish and you know yeah yeah uh yeah
0: i think they i think they've entered the uh the tight jeans and tops off uh look mm. for the rock, rock yeah they're kind of like the pub rock band who became massive already aren't yeah, they yeah definitely I, I think i describe one song as like the pie and beer of music <laughs> basically but yeah i
1: couldn't believe how many long songs there were in your in your playlist like three of them were over five minutes and i think because their biggest songs are kind of yeah poppier and, and shorter yeah i guess it, it is a pretty varied playlist but uh but yeah, I think I knew three songs from it and that's it. So... Ah,
0: well, yeah. so we begin the Let's adventure. Let's begin. Overrated. So we start off with Let There Be Rock. I thought that would be the perfect opener. Of course. Uh, I think this is their first like big hit around the world. Um it has Bond describing the history of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. The white man had a genre. Was Smalls or something? I've I don't know. But the black man life. had the blues. That's all I remember. And <laughs> the black man had the blues. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that like, he Angus likes to have space between his his, his guitar stro- Like back in black, it's like dun gap, yeah, dun dun gap, and that seems. And and, and here we have the dun dun. Yeah, he likes his gap between his strokes. Yeah, it, sounds, sounds bon, like a sex act. Well, vague. Well, there's a lot of uh, double entendres oh, yeah. um, in his looks, but um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, I don't know the Bon chatting um, about rock and roll over Angus's traditional rock, and then Angus has um, like a Chuck Berry guitar solo to end. And with what's it live, I believe Angus does up to twenty minutes of guitar solos, oh, and gosh. this is this is about the band backing him just him playing guitar i watched a little bit of it wow. it's fun to see him on the floor spinning round. um i'm sure he doesn't he do seems like days. a very charismatic performer <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, yeah, but yeah that's he, he gives close. it He gives it a lot that little like uh skippy dance he does mm-hmm. oh i think also of truck based uh, uh, as well sort of thing but yeah um i thought you know if they're gonna open up the acdc's playlist why not do this song so what are your thoughts
1: so it started quite punky which I didn't expect, even though we're in 1977, right? So I guess it I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, it, it then kind of segues into just voice, bass and drums, which is quite interesting. And then mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's some guitar solos and then there's some more rhythm, guitar and bass. And I enjoyed this much more than I thought there would be, especially the Let There Be Guitar kind of down, section. Down. Um, mm-hmm. I, as it kind of continued, I was like, this is quite long. It could be cut, but... The way it builds is fun, and on on repeated listens, I enjoyed it more. I think so. It was a, it was a good way to start because I was like, oh, okay. I I don't know this side of ACDC, and this is this is reasonably enjoyable. And yeah, I'd I'd ask kind of who was singing, and I hope you can tell me on each song because I have I have no idea.
0: So yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So this is Bon Scott, their original mm-hmm. singer. But when Brian Johnson took over, he said that oh, I'm not going to be doing an impression of bon Scott. I've got my own voice. But they do sound pretty much alike.
1: They do like to sc- like the, a lot of these songs. There's way too much screaming, way mm. way too annoying screaming, and I will I will tell you. <laughs> but but this one I didn't think so.
0: I mixed it. I think about half and half between Bon and Brian. But moving on to another Bon track, mm-hmm. this is Riff Raff, a dad a dad rock special it's got that skipping drum show off guitar solace uh then i said yeah it's it's, it's dirty pine pine beer rock and roll um i noticed in the comments one guy goes i'm 63 i've got no money i failed everything M- my wife moans at me but i get out of bed to listen to this <laughs> god, god bless bon i was like really this <laughs> What
1: a aim comment. higher my friend aim higher what a comment I mean he has a wife he hasn't failed at every I mean unless unless they, I mean it doesn't sound like the relationship is great so <laughs> maybe that's why
0: yeah, I think it might be a separate bedroom kind of, kind of thing <laughs> um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on a riff? so
1: I love that you call this a dad rock special because my first note is I didn't think this was a million miles away from cheap trick especially at the beginning yeah. um, there's this kind of section where there's a just a bass hook with some drums before the kicking starts I really mm. enjoyed that but the shouting here is quite annoying, and a lot of it felt like noodling without structure. I enjoyed it more again on on second listen. Um, but yeah, this is one of my least favourites on the list.
0: Is that a phrase that people know outside outside of the UK? Riff raff. Riff raff.
1: Yeah, I guess you might not, but it, it's like someone who, I guess, like a yeah, a lower class person who. How would you describe it? Is
0: uh, an oink is what other people would describe. Yeah, maybe in- yeah. inelegant, yeah. peasant.
1: I guess not a million miles away from Chav's in the in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not not a nice word.
0: Uh, but I guess Bond Scott was a working class hero he is that's what um so i can see why he would write about that um so moving on to the 90s because mm-hmm. i wanted to mix up the uh the vocalists so we have thunderstruck from 1990s razors edge and like i said before literally the first time i heard this was on iron man 2 soundtrack <laughs> i thought oh, i'm that like, like, yeah. like guitar <laughs> but yeah i thought this is a bit like matt bellamy that that well see mm-hmm. It came before Matt Penning existed. Mm-hmm. That, that, that really fast picking. It, it's got that whole stadium rock thunder mm-hmm. for the fans to be in Castle Donington with the fists up in the air. Yeah, it's based on Angus's uh, toy thunder streak. I don't think we can look into the lyrics too. Oh, oh, I've got the lyrics <laughs> written down.
1: And for riff raff, I wrote, oh, this is a song about nothing as well. So yeah, so, yeah.
0: I think this is another song about nothing. <laughs> the word thunder sounds cool in the stadium, doesn't it, guys? He, yeah. You said
1: it was based on his thoughts. Toy what? Thunder Streak? What's that?
0: F- thunder Streak? I've no. That's that always. Oh, okay,
1: says. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> thought... Guys, if you know what a Thunder Streak is, let, let us, know. us know.
1: So yeah, this is the one where I I would have guessed as Iron Maiden from the beginning, not knowing very much about Iron Maiden to be fair. But you know, if I had to guess, I it just it made me laugh. I found it difficult to listen to it as music of thunder, thunder, thunder. Um, and I've written the screaming is particularly annoying here. Give the ma- give the men a strep because I think there's more than one. But that. There- I really like the arpeggio guitar. It, it reminded mm. me, and actually the the accompanying rhythm guitar, and it reminded me bizarrely of tubular bells. I was like, <laughs> I could have just done with listening to those two guitars, and that's it. Why would they have to put all this nonsense on, on top? So yeah, I enjoyed now kind of matching the the song to the name, but no, 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 just just the guitars for me, thank you.
0: But I can see why I think of our Maiden because yeah, this is quite a different style to Angus Young because yeah. obviously use it's like a power cord sort of riff, isn't yeah. it? This is like being quite nudely. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit more. It's a bit more metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're moving on to one of their biggest hits. I think this was their biggest hit. I think it's broken America, mm-hmm. um, highway to hell, uh, produced by much, uh, and Bond's last, um, album. And when he wrote the lyrics, And obviously it's kind of speaks about his life. Mm-hmm. He was on a highway to hell, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yep. Yeah, it's got, like I said, before. the, the, the riff is, is space between power chords, you know, like, like Backer's black. Um, it's, uh, it's radio friendly. Um, you know the song it's probably been sung in a thousand pubs in karaoke with like, some, pies uh, beers, the... <laughs> yeah, some pies and beers don't um, forget
1: <laughs> yeah it's really interesting what you said about back in black because i wrote exactly the same for this of like i like the restraint you know they, they're mm. very good at that you know it kind of uh, trying to giving you something and wanting to give you more um, especially leading into the chorus. Yeah, of course, it's a classic. It's a bit more polished than the songs provided so far, and yeah, rock and roll has never felt so poppy in a way because it is pure rock and mm. roll. But it is, yeah, there's something undeniably catchy about it. But it is so overplayed and, <laughs> yeah, just not that interesting. Like, I, yeah, I feel like even if you're in a pub or at a wedding okay fine it might be nice to sing along to the chorus but i just want to sing along to the chorus and then be done with it
0: can you uh work out how popular they are in, in europe
1: uh uh well i i think you know given that they're somewhere between yeah kind of rock and roll and metal like for sure you're always gonna i'm guessing in places like i don't know finland they're gonna be still massive mm, right the,
0: germany the, yeah definitely. yeah germany
1: but again if you if you want their top five cities we've got mexico city São paulo santiago london and sydney those are the top five, not no, no. even in America. But I guess, you know, looking at those CD sales, it's definitely Americans driving those big CD sales. But on mm. streaming, I'm guessing it is a more likely a new generation of people discovering it. Even though older people do have Spotify, but, uh, but still.
0: Well, I think one of their biggest concerts, they've got a DVD office in, there, is in Argentina. Mm. So... A lot of South Americans do like the classic rock bands. Oh,
1: absolutely! And um, Fran, I mean, have you watched? Did you watch any ACDC documentaries uh,
0: before? I, I watched Behind the Music. Oh, okay. There isn't actually. I thought you think a band like this would have like a pop, like massive one, but yeah, Behind the Music from like 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it was discussing like I, don't, I couldn't find this anywhere, but they seem to concentrate on um, Richard Ramirez, the, the serial killer. Oh, why? Because he, when he, after one um, death, he left behind an ACDC dc cap,
1: oh, and okay.
0: then they then obviously the press you know, looks into the back catalogue and, and and discovered a song called "For Night Prowler." Okay. And then they now that meant that. Oh yeah, that meant That's why he's a killer because he listened to that song. And then uh, Angus goes, "Oh no, that's about me uh, sneaking to my girlfriend's uh, room when I was a fourteen year old." I mean,
1: I, th- <laughs> like- <laughs> I I don't have it written down, but there is a there is an ACDC quote where they, I think, when they were asked about their lyrics, especially kind of if they're misogynist, they're like, "We basically don't give a shit." <laughs> like, you know, like don't you know that's not the main point. The main point is the riffs or something like that. But uh, and
0: then yeah. like and then there's one of those songs in the, in the 80s that got banned by the women's, you know, whatever it was. Oh. The same. You, you know, know that Miley song when they, like, like, list out all these bands used to, be, used to be banned from the radio, like Duran Duran. Yes. Yes. David Bowie. Duran Duran. Yeah. <laughs> Duran Yeah, yeah, yeah. Durant, Ace, Ace of these, yeah. And then they just that's when they worked out that ACDT could mean the Antichrist Devil's Child.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of Richard Ramirez, that is also the title of the only Sun, sun Kill Moon song that I liked. You know the song Richard Ramirez Die Today of Natural Causes? Uh, I've not heard like, that. He's a, he's a cunt, Mark Kozalek. He is, and I'm glad that I discovered that song before I found out that he's a cunt. But uh, it, it is a very catchy song where that, that is literally the opening line and then there's this kind of yeah acoustic guitar referred to it. it. It's a good song, but he remains a cunt.
0: And so the fruits of Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Segway.
0: Moving on to uh you I think he might know it's 'cause you're a fan, are you a fan of school? He- there we go. So yes, the first time I heard it was school. <laughs> um I thought it was a Led Zeppelin song when it did it because obviously ah, so.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that Well, I guess he is wearing a school uniform, isn't he? Ah, which is a giveaway yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah
0: so yeah long way to the top from 1976 tnt and um bon scott uh thought that it would work with some bagpipes so he went and bought bagpipes he had never played in his life and then taught him for the bagpipes to, to play the song really? and yeah and brian refuses to sing this because it's bon's song but mm. no, it's his, his his baby so yeah don't play this anymore and yeah it's it's all right in it but yeah i i, I just smile because i think we'll of yeah, Rock. yeah same I,
1: i've written like before school of rock it's like okay i like the guitar riff and how the chorus breaks down whoa wasn't expecting bagpipes after school of rock yeah man the closing song <laughs> Woo. but it is it is an undeniably catchy song i think it's got one of the best choruses like it is quite satisfying to go it's a long way to the top you know i, I won't continue
0: so yeah, so before corn, mm. Ace of were putting bagpipes into into rock music, guys. There
1: we go. There we go. No, it's 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 a good song, but yeah, would I enjoy it so much if it wasn't for School of Rock? I don't know.
0: Exactly, yeah, I, I think that's a better version. And then I thought, you know, why not have a bit of fun? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what's more fun than some big balls? Um, so from Dirty Deeds nineteen seventy six, we have uh a song called uh, "Big Balls" and it has uh, Bond singing in a posh English accent about uh, having his cocktail ball. There's a lot of wordplay about balls. It is what it is. It is what it and is. So, <laughs> it is what it, is, what it, it is. is. But
1: you know, I would I would argue the lyrics are even trans inclusive because he says, "I've got big balls and they're such big balls, dirty big balls." And he's got big balls and she's got big balls, but we've got the biggest balls of them all. Fair play we love big wars yeah i i the shortest song on your playlist the funniest <laughs> it's it ends quite abruptly which is a shame because the guitar start going a bit woozy and weird and i would have enjoyed a bit more of that you know a bit less straightforward rock and roll mm. but what really surprised me the his vocals sound exactly like the american indie band louis the 14th do you know them? Oh, really?
0: Um, i remember from like 2005 like finding out
1: true love is blind is their is their biggest song um, but they have another song that I my mind has gone called oh guilt by association that's it listen listen to guilt by association and then listen to big balls um and you see and you know that thing when you think like oh maybe he wasn't as original as I thought <laughs> that's what I felt often to this but yeah I really I really enjoyed this one I'm not going to listen to it all the time but it's it's very good
0: well, I mean, I didn't have time to listen to do a Chris Web and listen to like all seventeen <laughs> albums, but so, so I wanted to try and find something which wasn't like obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't hear any like uh, jazz fusion tracks, no. um, but yeah, this seemed to stand up, So I thought, yeah, why not mix no, up good, a little bit choice, with some big choice. balls? And then we go on to another classic track from their biggest album, uh, Back is Black, which is "You Shook Me All Night Long." which again, I always heard i never really thought it was a cd so i thought it could be like chicago or foreigner or any other mm, band those, like that yeah. you know yeah it's uh it's got that it's it's the most radio friendly it doesn't really it doesn't there's no like i don't know ferocious dirty riffs it's pretty much clean isn't it really and uh yeah i i didn't know it was such a big hit um and you know If you look on like YouTube and Spotify, Jesus Christ, this gets played a lot. A
1: lot, yeah. And I think it's such a boring, annoying song. I think I enjoy the allusions in the lyrics, but that's it. Although I didn't realize that this is the song that Veruca Salt named their album "American Thighs" afterwards. So I I was I was listening to it and it's like "American Thighs," and I was like, "Hang on a minute!" (laughs) Like that's quite a standout line, and that is. A very enjoyable Veruca Short album, and I was like, "That's that's quite funny that a kind of again sort of, I guess more feministy or female '90s American band <laughs> named named that <their laughs> album after this quite tongue in cheek." So I enjoyed that fact, but that's about it.
0: Although there's some controversy, people say that this was actually a Bond Scott lyric from 1976. Which they haven't credited him on but surely they're not going to fuck mean, him over on on the album based on his death his policy I mean, are they I really? don't
1: know it depends on the arrangements for the estate are right like if it would I mean I don't know if he had a wife or family if they didn't and that means he's not getting a cut of the royalties or his his family aren't then you have a problem yeah right?
0: but I can't but I can't imagine the young doing that because they literally asked permission to even continue the band so it'd be very odd if they I, would then i, fucking I know nothing one song. about them uh,
1: so yeah. who knows so hopefully you're not assholes uh <laughs> for
0: pings. youngs yeah
1: well i was thinking what well, one of them dead it. but
0: yeah surely by now we'd hit we'd hear yeah well yeah you'd hope <laughs> if i'd done a an anthony kudos yeah um anyway. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah i went uh try to Check out what other songs they had after, you know, the Behemoth album, and I believe Hate Seeker was their first top twenty for a while mm. from 1989. He mentioned Brian's vocals; he sings, and I think you know the lyrics, but when he, when he, when you listen, he does squawks, and I I can't actually hear what you're saying, so I think he's singing like. I think in my head, I think, oh yeah, he's singing like normally. But when I try and actually listen to the lyrics, now he's just making inaudible squawks, um, and then sings the chorus. And this, I think, is one of his occasions. Um, I guess it's probably about his dick. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't look up it's... the lyrics for this Did
1: one. You? <laughs> so tell me, what's your theory?
0: Um, I mean, it's got, it's a lot of things like heat seeker missiles. Um, in the video, Angus Young comes out of a missile and plays a guitar solo. It's a bit status quo. Right. Um, okay. Dad um, yeah. rock continues. It is, a, it is a bit... I, like, I didn't love it, but I thought, you know, I'll, I'll cherry pick a couple of songs past their peak. What are your thoughts?
1: When it starts, it's really quiet. And I was like, oh my God, do we finally have something a little bit different? But no. <laughs> like, <laughs> it quickly uh, goes into... Yeah, I, I think this was one of my least favourites. I, I thought it was totally forgettable. Um, there's a kind of driving guitar riff and the ending i've put a flourished i mean it's kind of flourishing it's it's quite yeah interesting but yeah i've written why the hell is this voice so low down in the mix after complaining th- about the screaming but uh I, I don't know what's going on there it's really bizarre it yeah it makes the song worse i think it being so low in the mix
0: yeah and he continues that with a uh, big gun apart from the big gun i never know what i can't hear what he's saying mm. with his uh squawking uh vocal um this for me was probably one of the only, only eight DC, DC songs I knew. Really, because it's from it's from the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger film Last Action Hero, and this video has Arnold in it right. dressed up as a schoolboy <laughs> doing the dance. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so yeah, this has played a lot. Um, again, it, I think this might be about dicks as well. Yeah. Um, well, I've, yeah, I've, I've
1: I've written. Is it about a word jumble about film and TV? Because it's like right on the radio, pictures on the TV, Invader Man make take what he can, shoot out on the silver screen, blah de blah. And then there's more like, uh, you're shooting up Hollywood, snakes alive with a 45. I was like, is that snakes on a plane? Was that out by then? I don't know. No,
0: no.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, this, I actually quite enjoyed this song, despite the squealing, uh, as I as I wrote, because it, it actually, it teases. Again, like there's a bit of restraint. I've seen another song. And again, there's an arpeggiated guitar riff, which I quite enjoyed. So I think with a bit less screaming and a bit few, and a fewer guitar solos, this would be a really, really good song.
0: Fun fact: uh, the bassist from System of a Down, oh, yeah. Down Shavo is in the video.
1: Oh, very nice.
0: There we go. His first ever appearance. But yeah, um, it's I think this is uh, Rick Rubin. This is only ah, maybe on that's the soundtrack. that's how they
1: hooked up because obviously Rick Rubin produced a lot of uh, System stuff. I think.
0: But yeah, yeah, this, this is only, this is only on the soundtrack, so you can't get this on any albums by the band. And then I thought I'd finish with uh, the most recent single. Mm-hmm for Grammy nominated shots in the dark from power up in 2020 with, uh, Stevie replacing Malcolm. Um, it's ACDC. Um, it's totally fine. Um, I don't know. Is it a Grammy because they're still going? Honestly, is like a done?
1: I've made my feelings that the Grammy's <laughs> clear. When I saw that I I did roll my eyes and I roll my eyes again at you now. Yeah, this album sold one point four million copies. I couldn't well, I didn't know it existed and I'm surprised that it sold so much, especially in twenty twenty. And I think the the one good thing about it is the nice harmonies, actually. And I was like, Oh, actually A C D C with a bit more harmony would have been a bit more interesting, but I On the one hand, I'm like, this is quite derivative. On the other hand, I'm like, it is kind of impressive that they're still making songs Mm -hmm. that sound so E C D C over 40 years later. Um, And again, just the fact that it's similar, you know, like, I need a pick-me-up, a rolling thunder truck. I need a shot of you, a tattooed Lady wild. I was like, oh, bloody hell. Like, they do, like, bands that are not American you know we've we've been here before we've been here with um dire straits and with rolling stones like they love singing about going into with my car and a lady and a gun and you're just like oh okay fine we get it fine and a long night pumping you got the right position the heat of transmission yeah 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 but uh but yeah again i have to say i think i'm they are an impressive band they were so productive in the 70s and 80s it, you know kind of was it like five years in a row they released albums and they might have even Mm. had multiple albums in the same year and i think the biggest gap has maybe been five years or something between albums i mean you've got to hand it to them to to keep going as much as they have but um yeah i think that given those absolutely ridiculous stats and how much how many albums and records they've sold i I don't quite understand it and that's why yeah for me of course they are overrated (laughs)
0: But I guess one thing I did notice is for bands who are that successful, you know fuck all about any members. Mm. Like, I would never know anything about The Youngs. So you can't, we, I, I don't know much about them given that
1: their biggest album was in 1980, they didn't need to, I mean, the fact that the, the stat that I gave about, they sold so many records in 2007, despite not having released music in ages. It's like they built a big enough fan base and they build a big enough, I guess, older fan base that isn't maybe so much on social media, et cetera, et cetera, that it's like... I don't know. <laughs> they're on. They're on the newsletters. They're on the forums. Where are they? You know, all you need to know is that a new a new song, a new album's coming out, and you're going to buy it, right? So,
0: yeah, yeah. But that's interesting. Obviously, I, I mean, like I said, I've not heard all of their songs, but it seems like they they don't really write about anything particular no. apart from you know like power and partying and like yeah so I don't know what the politics are so it's quite weird that a band like that haven't you know fucked up massively by now by doing <laughs> like something for Trump or of. something but yes. <laughs> well yeah 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 so I'll have to applaud them for that but yeah uh, it's, it's perfectly fine I'm never gonna put on an ACDC playlist um so for me yeah overrated sorry guys
1: I do I think I do have Back in Black on one of my mixed CDs from the early 2000s um because i guess when i discovered it it wasn't being played that much in the in the early 2000s and yeah definitely the the songs that i saved from the list are are let there be rock and and big gun i'm sure there's more out there but uh, there has to be with such a back catalogue and they are a rock band they've got the blues influence they've got the metal influence you know i i can get on board with with stuff like that but yeah it really yeah it's just a lot of screaming too many guitar solos too, too many riffs for me to handle a girl can only handle so many riffs that's maybe why they don't have as many female fans maybe it's one to catch live right uh to to sing along to.
0: maybe not anymore i, I mean i to like caught him life. yeah i mean a guy in the 70s, 70s in the school uniform it's a bit yeah you know yeah
1: it's a bit straight yeah. like on the one hand <laughs> fair, like fair play on the branding is is what i i thought like acdc like catchy the so logo is Logo's brilliant. brilliant so visual and and the schoolboy and like and shout out to their sister margaret like that's that's what it seems it was it was her suggestion and her inspiration and i, I remember reading that she was really into music as well i think they were quite a musical family
0: yeah definitely
1: um yeah. so fair play to the lads you know <laughs> fair play <laughs> to the lads only minimal sexist lyrics and uh you know i wish you well in your latter years <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you know, uh, if there's another album, I probably will be giving it. a miss. Yeah,
1: but I mean, the reviews for the latest album were really good. Um, even though you felt, you felt that in part it was because it was 2020 and it was just like, you know, what it is what we need—a band from the past. But uh, but still, I'm I'm a rock fan. I guess I'm not so much a dad rock fan, but just the level of adoration when so many of the songs sound the same is yeah baffle, baffles me a little bit.
0: But, see, I was thinking, like, so, that like Guns N' Roses, you still see kids into. I've never seen anyone who's young into ACDC. True. But ACDC was, was only, like, you know, six I or seven years like before Guns N' Roses. I feel like Guns N'
1: Roses and Iron Maiden are the two most successful let's-put-our-logo-on-T-shirts-at-H&M bands. So I feel like I and see amongst, people yeah. who are wearing those T-shirts more than... I don't know. I don't want to get all name-free songs, but um, I think, again, the marketing is part of it, right? Whereas ACDC actually would be a very good logo mm. and a very simple logo to put on a T-shirt, but I, I haven't seen it at H&M personally.
0: Maybe we need to have that power battered. Yeah, yeah. Clear. I mean,
1: honestly, the playlist did not let up. Like, Because I was thinking like, right, what what order do I do this in? And in the end, I did it yesterday because I was like, I, I think... Now I'm in a mind frame to handle this much. I mean, you literally, you literally warned me, didn't you? <laughs> like, You literally said, watch out for rock or whatever it was when you say, oh, be careful, there will be rock, is what you said to me. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm glad that you warned me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, a bit too much.
0: <laughs> Hello, this is a promo for a podcast about a playlist. Yeah, yeah it's called Playlist. Yeah, yeah. My name is Mike Lash, former actor, former comedian, former creative. Former cool dude, this is... Kerry Mitchell, former musician, former art student, current cool dude. We've created a playlist, a fucking brilliant playlist. The best playlist ever to the point where we spoke to each other about how good the playlist is and that we wanted to be the people at a party who's putting on the music and only putting on a few seconds of the music before changing the song because everyone loves those guys at a party. That's us. So each week we have a guest and they have to choose one song to define them as a human person. Person. One song for me, Mike Lash, to sing right after. And then because Mike is not the best person in his family, we've incorporated his mum to give her insight into each song, which will maybe help the guest to define themselves as a person. But really, we probably shouldn't get bogged down in the format of the podcast. It's really heavily edited, so it's not actually that boring. It's quite short, so I really think you'll like it. It Kerry's kids are home, so it's probably the end of this promo. It is. www.playtheshare.com and available wherever you get your podcasts. Underrated.
1: So I've picked another sydney-based band i checked they did form in sydney acdc uh the vines so they're obviously not a small band right um they had some fame in in the early 2000s but i really want to make the case that they're underrated and confined to that time unfairly right i mean so i definitely got into them at the beginning because craig nichols has this kind of yeah androgynous scruffy skater style which was definitely a, a reason i i really liked them but they had detractors from the beginning, so I didn't. I only just found this out. But Dave Grohl apparently said Avril Lavigne's "Skater Boy" is more challenging than "Get Free," <laughs> which I was like, <laughs> "Burn!" Um, especially given that on their first time they ended up working with uh, with Jay Schnapp, who who worked with Foo Fighters. I mean, I wonder if Dave revised his opinion. Uh, but yeah, they were called kind of retro and a Kurt Cobain wannabe. Um, but I think yeah, again, it's a bit simplistic. And when I was doing the research for this band, I was surprised that they had so many monthly lessons on Spotify, 1.5 million. But Get Free is by far the most popular song. 60 million. Mm. And the next one is Ride, which has 16. And even out of the way from the same album, only has 6 million. So again, like I really think they're kind of confined to this this certain time. And kind of reading about their history. So they formed in 1994. So that's way before they broke in 2001. So the vocalist and lead guitarist Craig Nichols met bass guitarist patrick matthews in a mcdonald's in a suburb of sydney and so yeah between 94 and 2000 they gigged frequent infrequently but quite unknown but um yeah by 2001 they had over 30 songs and they put out a first single factory as a limited seven inch and that became enemy single from the week of the week in november 20. 20- 2001 and from that point on then the rise was kind of exponential so he craig happened to meet the president of capital who from his personality Andy Slater signed like a worldwide distribution deal with them they appeared on the cover of nme and then yeah very famously they appeared on the cover of running stone in october 2002 the first band to do so since men at work in 1983 fact fans and yeah, it's this famous cover where like Craig Nichols is being held back by the rest of the band and uh, it says, Ruck is back, meet the vines. And it says like, yeah, the strokes, the hives, the white stripes. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize that the Arctic monkey said that if it wasn't for the vines, they probably wouldn't have formed. And there's a really fantastic podcast called The Album Club. It's an Australian podcast and there's a two-part interview with Patrick Matthews, Um who's the bassist talking about yeah the running stone cover and how again i think it was kind of a fluke that yeah i think it was like the strokes were meant to do it but the vines showed up and and that's why they did it so it's very interesting like no they they slogged it out for so long and then suddenly they had this meteoric rise to fame in the u.s where like their debut album got to 11 imagine like an unknown band from australia Mm. uh they which sold like 1.5 million copies worldwide (laughs) brackets that's just under half the entire number of cds sold in australia in 2020 more facts and then yeah so they had this meteoric rise to fame i saw them you know playing live on uh jules holland they had this famously chaotic slot on the late show with david letterman (laughs) which you watched right fran before the the show but yeah after the release of their second album like it just didn't do as well and you know not long after or yeah maybe actually i don't know the exact timing but the the bassist patrick matthews left after this quite shambolic gig and i really like winning days one of the one of my favorite songs of all time comes from there um and i think they've continued producing good music and they haven't really had a look in and i think a lot of that is to do with with yeah kind of craig nichols state so not long after i think patrick matthews left he was diagnosed with asperger's and one of the vines managers said that the guy who diagnosed craig said his life consisted pretty much of the worst things you could do for someone in his condition being in a different place every day meeting new people just having everything be totally unstructured things went downhill very quickly and yeah i think you know craig nichols has continued having kind of issues because he was arrested for assaulting his parents in 2012 so i i don't know like i i think such a young band uh being put on in the spotlight like that with with someone like him um yeah, i think it really burnt him out and i've been reading a lot of kind of media analysis of how how they kind of spoke about him and it is very like 2000s unsensitive you know rolling stone said Craig Nichols has all the makings of a rock star. Good looks, great songs, serious mental problems. (laughs) Like, Like, That's a good thing. Yeah, you mentioned before the record, so NME, after their third album, sorry, their fourth album, Melodia, they issued an apology and they said, the Vines were never the saviors of rock and roll we said they'd be. We'd hoped for a return, however slight to highly evolved, we hoped in vain. And there's this big article in Double J, which is right up my street, because it's like, why the Vines need, you know, like a reckoning. And he says like, it just typifies a lot of how the media treated the vines once business stopped booming. And there's this article from The Guardian in 2004 where it's literally like, <laughs> who's going to be next to die? Is it going to be Craig Nichols, Pete Doherty, or Courtney Love? So I think, you know, people didn't talk about mental health issues in the same way. People, you know, didn't get him the help that he needed. And I, I think it it kind of ruined his mental state. But the good thing is he does seem to be doing better these days. And then, yeah, in 2014, he didn't an interview saying like yeah i rarely socialize i don't think he uses much many computers or smartphones or anything and he says like living like a kid and music is what saved me so i'm glad that he's doing better but listening to all of the albums which i mostly have apart from the the latest one there's just always there's always good music there and the playlist that i put together for you so there's only kind of four songs from the the bigger era most of them are 2006 onwards and i just think unlike acdc they they play with so many different varieties of rock and mesh so many different varieties in rock in a way that i don't think any other bands does like um on wikipedia they classify highly evolved as alternative rock garage punk post-punk revival post-grunge neo-psychedelia and i'm like yeah they do and there's this other quote by a writer which says like The Vines never sound weighed down by all the influences they include in their music. It's as if they're so excited by everything they hear, they can't help but recombine it in unique ways. So I think underrated, long overdue in being discovered by TikTok teens. Fran, (laughs) what do you think about the Vines?
0: So, yeah, I was around in uh, 2020, 2002. I can't speak English, 2002. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's been 20 years, Mm -hmm. so you think they'd be, you know, going for that dollar.
1: I think when, when Highly Evolved turned 15... They kind of reshoot a
0: few things, but it's a weird. Yeah, some you get some odd. Uh, like we're now getting people doing twenty first anniversary. Yeah, what the fuck's no. that? What's twenty first? No. Multiples of five only, Keep please. It around, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, uh, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, so I unfortunately. I did not like the vines when it came out, mainly because of his personality. Mm. Like, I saw interviews. And I, thought, I was thinking, Geez. this is the anti-Fran.
1: This is not like a mm. man in makeup looking like, ooh, I was like, this is scruffy skater boy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think, yeah, obviously, I didn't know his mental uh, state <laughs> back in those days. So you just saw a guy who seemed really over the top. And I, I remember seeing Lethman back in 2002. Yeah, and and people were saying that, you know, he was crazy weird in, and yeah. In, in, yeah weird in interviews and you did not know what's going to happen um he's trying too hard to be Kurt Cobain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even when he sang he kind of looked a bit like Tom York by doing like well the do bien, you, do I you think. want the fact
1: that I didn't know until go recently on, go on, go on. so the running in the Rolling stone cover so Rob Sheffield who I think is the he's the writer he said this was a cover shoot where we had to airbrush eyeballs into Craig Nichols' eyelids because he was incapable of opening them for the photo shoot. So the cover is the other three members of the vines holding him upright while he makes a dazed expression. Ruck is back. Yes, it was. Uh, so there we go. And
0: any reason why he could... I, I think
1: Asperger's, no, because isn't it that really? like with a lot of people with, with autism or on the autism spectrum have difficulty making eye contact? Like uh, I, I think it is related to that. Like it, When you see him singing, like he... He is so rarely looking forward. You know, he's looking up. He just wants to look away from people. I think, I think that's what
0: it is. Like, do you know? Was he taking drugs to get over I, the social? No, they must yeah, yeah. have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, I think acid and weed. From from what I've seen, I mean, they oh, have okay. a song called "Mary Jane" on on Highly Evolved, but
0: uh. I, I I don't know if this is my memory, but I think he said that he only ate McDonald's yes. on his first American yes. tour. Yeah. yeah. But for a guy who worked there, that is some loyalty to the brand of McDonald's. You know, I remember hearing Get Free constantly. And I think it was in like films. Was it it in Charlie's Angels? I don't know. I think in the adverts constantly. And that was kind of the only song I remember hearing. And then once upon a time, I heard a song called Homesick, on mtv2 and i thought this is fucking brilliant and i love homesick sadly omitted from the but there's
1: there's a a similar one i would argue (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, so that's my favorite song of of the debut album and very Um, different
1: right because it is a ballad
0: yeah exactly and then yeah obviously a new ride and that's pretty much okay
1: good so you knew one song off this list maybe
0: oh yeah so yeah so yeah that's it yeah one song
1: Okay, well, yeah, let's leave it at that then. So, I mean, yeah, that was it. I have no idea at all what you think of this playlist, and I was like, this could really go either way. So that's why I've tried to make it as, as varied as possible. But it's it's in chronological order, I think, to also show the evolution. So, um, my first pick is an album cut from Highly Evolved called "Ain't No Room." I think it's got a great bass hook, and I like the guitar. I like the guitar solos here, and and the ending where it kind of gets crazy with the shouting. It just yeah it's a catchy rock and roll song that builds and uh and yeah, I, I really like it, especially the bass. I think you might find it a bit repetitive, but I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs>
0: so I put at uh, first I enjoyed a hypnotic bending guitar mm-hmm. riff, but after a while it kind of felt like a wasp stuck in my <laughs> head. It it, it, it it it's a bit too much. The lyrics, um forget it now, forget it then. I don't really know. I guess it's just him not liking the city. But it looks so pretty. Um Yeah, lyrically, it doesn't really say much about hating. Well, there's a lot of nihilism. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But yeah, um, I had never heard a song before. It's perfectly fine. I I didn't hate it, but I think I've, I've heard it maybe three or four times. And yeah, that repeated bendy riff gets a bit annoying after all unfortunately
1: yeah I really like the bass when it breaks down and do no 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 do, no, 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 no 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 um and yeah I, I don't mind it being repetitive because I enjoy it and I think because it kind of goes straight in it's like boom do, no, 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 no um but yeah again
0: so is he the only member of the band because wikipedia says he's the only person he's the,
1: he well so he's the only permanent member although he did manage to get the original lineup together for a tour with jets I think in 2018 um mm. but yeah he is the main songwriter like there's a few there's maybe like a song here here in the song of the next album where patrick matthews is co-written but he is the main songwriter which is impressive um but yeah i could i could have put so many other songs from from that because do you know mary jane or 1969 no. okay well so mary jane is much more psychedelic and uh, actually so is 1969 but i thought let's go for a bit of rock and roll maybe i had acdc on the mind but there we go <laughs>
0: next
1: pick quite different and i brackets i hope you prepared for this one miss jackson there used to be this tv show called recovered which was on bbc choice Mm -hmm. presented by derma o'leary and it was basically kind of i guess like a live lounge or you know like a version on triple j where a band would play you know a song of theirs and then a cover version and it was a very interesting show because it had people like gabrielle and atomic kitten but also 80s matchbox and in me so i really recommend checking out um clips from from the from the show i saw in me's version of creep today and i think i i was i was just blown away by this cover because it's such a reimagining of the song and covering a hip-hop song in a time where like you know the scenes were very separate and i mean acknowledging that it's a, a good song i thought was was genius and they have really made it their own you know it blends their sounds perfectly there's this kind of pensive acoustic guitar at the beginning but then some rocky guitar and feedback comes back in and i think i sent you you know, uh, the recorded version, but the live version is even better. Um, You know, he sings, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. And it just, yeah, very catchy. And he sings the last verse kind of a beat off and it's just, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's very
0: interesting. Fran? I swear this was on a compilation CD as well. Um But yeah, I mem- I, I love the program. I think um, Hells of Heroes do a good version of Boys that Cry But mm. Cure. And yeah, I do love this cover. It's kind of a bit Oasis via Australia um his voice works minutes left minutes, minutes more restrained um yeah i i forgot all about had this. you so thank you for reintroducing a miss ejection the divine's version. Oh, but yeah yeah i remember at university everyone was going on about this it must have been a compilation because someone had it on a well CD. i think that
1: da- i think i downloaded the recovered version of kazah so the the version that i had on my music library for ages it had you know the the kind of audience at the beginning and everything so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I i kind of prefer that to to the recorded one but I, I i think what the recorded one has that the live one doesn't is him harmonizing with himself which i'm going to bang on about a lot here uh and i i think again that's what he does kind of uniquely but uh yeah it's not
0: it's nice to hear the word because oh yeah
1: time. every now and again someone said soul seek and i was like oh yeah of course uh, soul seek next song so no no biggie fran but this is my favorite rock ballad of all time it's uh Ah. (laughs) it's autumn shade two from from winning days i think it's the most beautiful male harmonization i've ever heard the guitars bass and drums for most of it are so sparse and they frame his voice perfectly i quite like the instrumental ending with some bird song i think it's wistful beautiful nostalgic
0: So I put down here Homesick Part 2.
1: Yeah similar but I have Homesick is not one of my favourites. But the piano. Yeah I I think Homesick is too slow. The piano is too ploddy for me whereas this with the delicate guitar I I much prefer.
0: I thought the uh, the guitar sounds a bit like Where's My Mind by the Pixies. I,
1: I see that yeah I hadn't thought about that.
0: I put it's pleasant and i enjoyed it um not unexpected but someone on on youtube says this is the best song of the past 25 years so i believe it must be. (laughs) no
1: no 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 it's not the best song but it is my it's my favorite rock ballad. i i just i it moves me so much and i have to say like (laughs) i'd never really paid attention at all to uh to vines lyrics before and i didn't really know what he was saying here um but one of the things that I quite like, and it will keep coming back. So just before it kind of changes into, I guess, the chorus, she says, I'm succeeding to speak like I'm fucking mad. And I think no one uses fucking as an in- an interjector. I don't know what it is. Better than the vines. <laughs> I think the fact that you have this, like, beautiful, delicate guitar and vocals and harmonies, and then he's going fucking mad. Again, I I really think the vines bring both, you know, yeah, the... The pleasant and the loud together very well.
0: I watched uh, an interview from like 2014, and they're uh, doing a, a gig in a church for like some sort of Russian vodka, right? And, okay. he's, and he's and he said that I will rem- remove all of the swear words. Mike, that's going to be a yeah. lot, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because I
1: guess they don't swear all the time, but they swear pretty consistently.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we've got a song coming up later. on this is basically the chorus. Well,
1: yes, that is the next pick. Uh, it is "Fuck the World," so. I mean this is the same album total gear shift and uh yeah this is my go-to angry song i think maybe just because it's called fuck the world when i'm angry i'm like all right let's go and listen to craig nichols shouting fuck the world and yeah i mean that that bass intro do no and then yeah the drums and screaming come in love it and i think putting together this playlist and you know reflecting on why i like the vine so much i i don't think i'd realize how much i loved craig's guitar playing because i love patrick's bass so much and obviously craig's vocals are so beautiful but i i think a lot of the reason why i like the the vine sound is the the guitar and i guess you know the comparisons to nirvana there he is playing very often kind of rhythm and lead guitar because there is another guitarist but you know they're often playing like acoustic guitar and yeah it's 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 not all you know the, the electric guitar does both so you know this song is 3.41 minutes long and there's so many different sections there's like this middle eight before the bass centric breakdown the <laughs> and then crazy guitars the drums drag us back to reality and even the fuck the world don't section with this kind of sweating almost kind of synth distortion before the final chorus which has extra streaming i love it and i've written unlike acdc i like craig nichols screaming because it's way more controlled and um in yeah, in much better juxtaposition to the rest of the instruments what did you think
0: well i said lyrically it's kind of you know angsty 13 year old writing on a pencil case fuck the world life was better before it was smaller
1: and (laughs) my computer will fuck the world up
0: but um I think he said like he said oh I definitely think the world's a good place, but maybe it could be a bit better <laughs> if we didn't kill animals. <laughs> yeah, I think it sounds a bit like Black Rubber Murder Soccer Club meets guns and Roses. Um that base for me is very black rubber murder Soccer club and it's got some guns and Roses sort of sounds sounds it You're trip. totally
1: correct actually. Like stop by Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. Dun, yeah. dun 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 and sort of the guitar's a bits rolling. but um yeah, what uh, yeah, I just struggle with the course a bit, unfortunately. Someone's saying fuck the world. Uh see, it's a bit eh. Frank,
1: honestly, next time you're really angry, you're really, really angry <laughs> put on this song. But it's funny you say Black Rebel Motorcycle Club because uh, I was watching their performance on Jews Holland and in one of them mm. he's wearing a white t-shirt with loads of bands written on it. Including Muse with the little, you know, with the logo, you know, the lines and BRMC. So clearly fans. Yeah.
0: Then moving on to is it nothing from coming? Vision
1: Valley? Yes. Um, you know, this immediately starts. Uh, you're like, all right, okay, we're we're here. And I think it's kind of a natural progression from the last two albums. Like a perfect two minute garage rock song, but it has something else because again, he's harmonising with himself, and I really like how his voice works with the the crush the crush that the crunchy guitars once again using fucking to emphasize a final line and so obviously patrick's left now and i i do think patrick is a, an extremely underrated bassist and i don't think that from now on the bass sounds as strong but the guitar's made up for it and i really like the sort of spooky guitar solo just before the end and there's some sort of spooky sp- space synths in the verses which is kind of a a recurring theme so for me if you liked you know Get free and the other, you know, out of the way. The kind of choppier songs. I don't see why you wouldn't like this one. It's it's a continuation for
0: me. Yeah, I put. Um, I think that I've not heard this because the critics hated. Oh by my this god, time. so like, much. I think they were to complete this miss because I think this would have been. If this on the first album, it should have been a single. Um, I like the nice change to the chorus. It doesn't say it's doesn't overstate it's mm. welcome. Um, but I guess this wasn't the comeback single they hoped
1: someone played this to you and said this was unhighly evolved you could believe it mm. right yeah
0: it's yeah so when the enemy is sort of saying i, I, I do like, you know, i do think
1: days. like it's I, I don't know i think it's lazy lazy you know build them up to tear them down music journalism because yeah i saw the reviews which was like in some songs he sounds like a bored kirk Cobain, in some songs he sounds like a bored liam gallagher and it's like Kurt Cobain and liam gallagher didn't fucking harmonize like this like it's just his attitude i don't think it
0: is his delivery and
1: it makes me angry fran <laughs>
0: I I guess the Kurt thing is what we are talking later on, but I guess it's the fact that he does a lot of quite loud, loud, yeah, loud, quite. But, yeah. a, but that, that, but that wasn't just Nirvana doing that, <laughs> you know. I think uh, Dave, well, in that quote you mentioned earlier about Dave Grohl, he said in that interview he, he mentions are you okay with him doing the Nirvana thing? Because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh, right, <laughs> but, okay. But he still, he, but he still thinks i like, get free to shit, a shit song. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got dropped in the after after's album, so I, I, I guess the record company after, after the second album completely dismissed them, and I, I guess they didn't even bother but to But I think by uh, this point, he'd been, you know, the
1: bassist had left, he'd been diagnosed with Asperger, so I, I guess i think yeah because someone says like oh the vines are so polished so shiny by capital so i'm thinking you know did capital kind of pressure them to put out another album to kind of still try and capitalize on it i don't i don't know
0: but as a guy who went to festivals every year i never saw the vines on any any festival lineups Uh, uh, maybe because of his condition meant he couldn't tour. yeah i think there's probably every album
1: since then i mean it even Mm. says like with limited touring and press engagements because yeah i mean he literally said very early on he's like i so much prefer being in the studio than playing live and yeah i'm guessing if (laughs) if you if you don't like socializing touring and having to do press engagements must be like really anathema to you so
0: yeah, and, and this is kind of pre-social media, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard to get to get the music out there, I guess, so this is kind of why... I think I read that this album only sold 7,800 800 oh, copies I, in America.
1: Okay, in America, I have one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, there yeah, I have, there go. I have three of their albums I have, yeah.
0: And that is such a fucking drop, so, yeah, it, they kind of not publicised publicized it at all to solve that little amount of albums
1: yeah but and but yeah uh, again i i do maintain that a lot of it is down to his public persona because like you said you were put off by them like it put you off so much that you didn't mm. even consider their music even though it might have maybe been a bit your thing uh
0: but yeah, but when you got people saying it's the best band of all time, and then being and like, then you, yeah. you know, it's like, Wiley? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same with the Strokes. One year, the Strokes are the best band of all time, and changing and Then the next year, it's the Vines, the best band of all time. It's the like, Vines come are on, way guys. Just, than the Strokes way, way let's, better. Let's, let's relax. Relax before we announce bands of being the best I mean, band of all, that's all what time. I mean, that's what the and British like Music
1: Press do, right? I, I really think. Uh, well, it did. Uh, yeah. I did. F-
0: I think that's, that's kind of favoured in the past 10 you years. You would hope.
1: Um, so yeah, so my next kind of two songs are still from this album. I think it's kind of just make the point uh, that, that it's it's got some good songs. So one minute 18, gross out. Um, and yeah, basically this song oscillates between punky shouting, melody and harmonizing, ends with some shouting. Um, I, you know, it's short, it's good. Um, it's catchy.
0: So what happened was... Um, <laughs> Once upon a time. This song came on while I was at the gym last night. And I thought, fuck me, this sounds like King Adora. Is that
1: why you were posting about them?
0: And I then went down a King Adora rabbit hole for two hours. (laughs) I was
1: going to ask you because I've never heard of them. Who are they? Who are King Adora?
0: So King Adora um, came out in the end of the 90s as a kind of like a glam punk, manix kind of band, you know, Eyeliner, Feather Bowers, songs about fucking a policeman that lasted for a minute and a half. So I was uh, living 2,000 over again last night, so thank you, uh, Babs. You are welcome. <laughs> but,
1: Still tell me what you think of the song. But
0: yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the reason I thought King of King of Dora had minute and a half mm-hmm. tracks, very much like this. Uh, although someone has just destroyed this for me, because I did like the song a lot, and I thought, wow, this is... Well, this is a great track and then someone said oh have you noticed this is exactly the same guitar riff as Even in His Youth by Nirvana I don't know that it
1: song is. by Nirvana
0: it's, it's, it's identical it's a beast oh, it's shit. identical <laughs> and I was like oh, oh Craig. Craig oh Craig ah." When people when people have been comparing to Nirvana, mm. stay yeah, clear yeah, of Nirvana. Uh, like if,
1: okay, well, I I will hold judgment until I listen to it, but uh, but yeah, ah,
0: oh, yeah, so that kind of ruined it for me. But unfortunately. But
1: I mean, I I still think you can appreciate a song even if it sounds like another song. Okay, you, you don't respect it as much maybe, but uh, I I mean, it's one minute eighteen. What's what's that in time?
0: Yeah, but it's a lot shorter than one. Indeed.
1: Crack. So yeah, I I gave you some short songs and then I gave you a beautiful rock ballad which stands at six oh seven. Uh yeah. So at the beginning, it's just Craig's voice is. And an acoustic guitar then more guitars come in and when when that ca- happens i'm you know i've written like this is very similar accompaniments to autumn shade homesick or rainfall which i think you would like as well from their second album i think mm-hmm. although there's a kind of a theremin sounding uh sound and and then yeah it just it again i think it's building on their sound this is a much more sophisticated song than any of the songs i've just mentioned it has a flute and it just again, continuity dies down, builds up, dies down. You know, Craig's vocals aren't in there for very long. I enjoy the journey. I think it does sound like he's on a spaceship. Uh, you know, on, on some kind of journey. I'm thinking, knowing you, that maybe this is a you know, because it isn't kind of a, a short song, it maybe fades out a bit for you. But I I quite like the journey. Yeah, it's
0: unexpected prog rock. That's mm. what really. Um, yeah, it is it is kind of long. Um, I it was. I listened to it maybe three or four times um, and then I didn't skip it. But there's nothing really to grab. There's not really a hook in it, is there really? I don't... What,
1: what do you think of Craig's voice? Because I, I do think that, honestly, like 50% of my enjoyment of, of The Vines comes from his voice and, and him harmonising with himself, which, yeah, again, Patrick in the album club podcast he's like i don't think anyone does it as as well as him but if you don't think that
0: no he's he's actually a better singer than than i i I remember to be fair Mm -hmm. but yeah i guess this is maybe good live um Mm. people were mentioning on the on the the comments but for me it it kind of just passed by but it wasn't no it wasn't a bad time it just nothing ever really sucked me into it unfortunately but -hmm. it's interesting to hear that they can do this you know i was not expecting prog rock on the playlist of the vines
1: but see i i would because they they've always had psychedelics i guess maybe not on winning days uh but on highly evolved there's loads of psych psych and proggy songs like the aforementioned um 1969
0: i've not heard winning days but someone said that each song is a completely different style is that true
1: i almost almost but again well i mean you know autumn shade 2 and fuck the world are are from that same album right so that is that is very different no, not not really. Like, not more than highly evolved, I would say.
0: Really? So, is Ride their most Vine song on that album?
1: Um, It is their most rocky Vine song, even though I would put Fuck the World in that category as well. But I think with the Vines... Yes, if you take Get Free is the most Vine song hmm. ever, yes, but this is the point I'm trying to make. Like, the Vines are not just loud, rocky songs. They do psychedelia, they do prog, they do ballads. So yeah i think that's why i'm like what is a vine song the vine song is not you know there, there's definitely elements there's loud quiet and the harmonizing and and crunchy guitars but uh but yeah i i, I really i mean wedding days is not a perfect album like the songs that i don't like i really don't like um but the the songs that are good are, are brilliant
0: what is the best album
1: i think heidi evolved okay yeah unfortunately but they still have lots of good songs kind of throughout the years
0: as I yeah proof. <laughs> critically the, the old albums seem to get three stars is that true for the albums or um
1: yeah i think the vines when i listen to vines albums post 2006 like i always have to give them a bit of a go like it, it takes me a bit longer to get into it and and sometimes there's songs that are quite annoying so you know i put three songs from vision valley which is good mm. but there's a there are some songs there that are kind of annoying so i, I don't think they've made I, I think winning days and highly evolved are good albums but I don't think they are an album's band, and i mean how many songs does um one of the albums has like 20 something songs and i'm like that is too many guys uh, yeah.
0: apparently whilst they're mixing one album they started to write another album and i thought we'd put both together and people are saying you do not need 22 songs on this album guys at all
1: yeah it's like you need an editor right is, is the mm. thing but i mean like you know we talked about so rob rob schnapp was that his name the guy yeah, who, who, so he did um uh, highly evolved winning days and melodia. And yeah, it was quite interesting because I saw this um, video which said that, so when the Vines managers were scouting for producers, like he loved it so much. He literally wrote an email, where all he did was like repeat the band's name. He was like the Vines, the Vines, the Vines, the Vines, the Vines. He was really keen. But when he eventually got in the studio, like Craig was super protective of the sound and it took like, it was tense and it took a while to build the trust. Um, and yeah, they were like, oh yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, hang on. Let me, let me read again from uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom. If i can find it but they were like oh yeah this guy who worked with like beck and uh, you know um Eddie smith sure let's go and do <laughs> let's go let's go and work with him again like the the rise to fame was mad how they went from this band slogging it about for years to to suddenly writing it but yeah you can imagine craig being the sole songwriter and everything else that he would be quite protective right
0: yeah and i guess they aren't on the label. I think is it crowdfunded their albums you say? So Uh would... the
1: the definitely the later ones, yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. from from the tens. Speaking of the tens, my next pick is Black Dragon from Future Primitive, which came out in twenty eleven. I thought this was another evolution. There's this crazy loud beginning to this song with some new sounds. There's an effect on Craig's voice that we haven't really heard before, and I don't I can't really tell what synths and crazy percussion is apart from maybe a cowbell. And you know it's quite hard and you think it finishes after two minutes but then there's this kind of woozy instrumental section with some distortion and bleepy bloops and then it kind of ends i just think it's quite original and i got some queens of the stone age vibes from this song when listening today which i hadn't really before um but yeah I, i i really love especially the kind of the the loud bit and and the instrumentation but what did you think
0: i said there's a lot of feedback <laughs> um it's got a lot of energy and feedback but where is it going it seems to be a lot of ideas but they don't really have a solution i think it's about heroin maybe oh, probably because it's like chasing a black dragon, dragon, dragon or something. Yeah. yeah i said I'm a big fan of of the guitar effect but not the overall song
1: oh, what a shame uh but i will give you then some facts about this album so the lead track "Give me love is the opening track of the in betweeners movie which i oh. hadn't realized and the last song on this album is called stw which is screw the world but it sounds absolutely nothing like fuck the world it's a psychedelic <laughs> acoustic ballad which ends with a drum machine and arpeggiated synths so you might be interested in that a bit more
0: <laughs> yeah they do still uh, for a band who aren't as popular as they were they still appear on soundtracks and, and uh, computer games so i mean i'm guessing
1: unfortunately they're probably cheaper now but have good songs <laughs> yeah. right so yeah yeah
0: underrated.
1: And uh, yeah, my last two picks are from Wicked Nature from 2014, which is their second to last album. The first one is Metal Zone. Did you watch the music video to this, by the I way? I did.
0: I'm not, I'm not a fan of his hair. It, oh, oh, yeah, yeah it his hair.
1: hair. It, 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 do <laughs> you know who he, he reminded me of De when, when he came on <laughs> yeah, in kind yeah, of black yeah, and yeah. white with the, what's her name? Uh, Yolandi uh, Visser uh yeah i was like oh that's that's quite terrifying um <laughs> so yeah the song starts and it's just the, like psychedelic voice craig going ah and there's a kind of funky guitar and a funky bass but then it turns into a fucking noise rock rock and roll song as uh, tefo 96 said on youtube finally a rock band that doesn't change the electropop side which is actually quite a good comment because while i think as i said that they they span a lot of rock genres the synths and other things are few and far between and yet they still manage to do mm. a lot of different genres which i enjoy again love the screaming section contrasted with the quieter section especially the drums just before it ends quite unexpectedly which is unusual for the vines kind of early but it seems to be that seems to happen a bit more and i think this sounds like one of my favorite australian bands of the moment something that dc death race could do again like i, I think if you if you like that kind of rock why you know, why is this song not bigger? You know, why is this not more more known? Because it definitely is for a certain kind of rock fan, and uh yeah, I think it
0: should have got more airplay. Do we know what a metal zone is?
1: I don't know, but the I think the chorus is stoned in my metal zone, I take rock and roll to get radical. So is it about music the power of healing or something? Who
0: knows? Or the or the cancel zone in the crystal moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's no christmas fans in da, belgium da,
1: da, 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 da.
0: so yeah this is back to the kind of the trademark noisy grungy era maybe mm-hmm. um of the of the debut album uh, i think it works perfectly fine i assume this didn't really do much uh in the charts no, i don't think so no not at all i said yeah perfectly fine um this could be off the debut album
1: i actually would disagree you've heard it a
0: lot more than i have (laughs) um, (laughs) on my on my free lessons that's what i thought
1: because i i think uh i don't know i well i guess again i'm guessing that when you think of the debut album you think of get free and out of the way right Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. it like that that's yeah that's not what all the songs sound like and i think this is far rock rockier than the other songs that aren't like that but, uh, was this album
0: enough. more on rock here? was it a complete mix? Well,
1: it, it, it's it's a mix again. I think with The Vines, it's always a mix. Um, and yeah, I mean, the next song from it is quite different. I mean, we can segue mm-hmm. into it already in, unless there's.
0: Um... Uh, no, I'm all Metal Zone down. Yeah,
1: Metal Zone down. Well, so, like, looking at the Spotify stats, actually, so the the two the two songs are so metal zone and the other song i've picked is killing the planet they've had 4.3 and 4.9 million plays on spotify so i think that's quite, quite that enough. is that is a reasonable amount for and i mean you look at the youtube comments for Metal Zone. it's like oh yeah what a comeback but as, as someone said and again I, f- I feel like they really like to beat craig with a stick but it's like oh every single vines album since winning days has been a comeback album um but there definitely is kind of like oh wow don't they sound great like isn't you know i think they're just happy that you know he's around and still making good music which which i think he is but yeah my final pick kid in the planet tongue in cheek a little bit of course i had to include a song about climate change not that the lyrics are particularly deep i mean he's talking about you know look at the earth and you can see that it's dying you know we forget how we lived yesterday i cannot see for the sight of the building or out to sea for the oil we are spilling okay fine you know i similar to his like yeah, it's great i guess apart from the fact we kill animals um but i picked it as well because it's quite a different sound it's almost country-esque especially on the on the lead guitar and there's much less harmonizing but i still think it's beautiful uh catchy and it works and i think i, I wanted to end on this to really kind of drive the point home of like they have a lot of different guitar sounds and 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 vocal melodies
0: so, yes, yeah, so was quite funny for a guy who worked at McDonald's mm. uh, to sing about, <laughs> to hate barbecue animals. <laughs> so, yeah, the bass reminds me of Come Together. okay.
1: They're huge Beatles fans. Huge,
0: huge Beatles yeah. fans. And then later on in the song, it's, it's kind of like a slow version of Heart Shaped Box.
1: Oh, I don't hear that really at all. Dun,
0: dun, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have to listen yeah. to this again. Uh, uh, please, yeah, please listen, listen. Yeah, yeah. The, the second part when it, you hear the guitar comes in, like, the arpeggio, the it's the same. To me, it sounds like a slow verse on Heart Box, mm-hmm. obviously, he's influenced by those bands, so balance. it makes perfect sense. Yeah, again, an unexpected sound. Um, yeah, lyrically, not great. Or, again, like the Strangers, they do not have good album covers at all.
1: Oh, I, I like Winning Days, actually, and Highly Evolved.
0: Oh, oh, but that cover on Spotify is completely different to the, co- the other cover. Which one? So my Winning Days. Have oh like yes, cartoon faces.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's two. There's, there's the cartoon faces, and then there's like the grey. Mm. I have cartoon faces. I think. I know. I, I like the cartoon faces. It, it won an ARIA Award for best cover art. I have never met anyone who is as into the vines as i am and i know a lot of indie fans i know a lot of rock fans and and yeah i mean like yeah i guess you you've been saying what a lot of other people have been saying of like oh you know like they wear their influences on the sleeve and that's a bad thing maybe maybe because apart from nirvana maybe the influences they wear on their sleeve are not so familiar to me it doesn't it doesn't really bother me but um i don't know I, i i think craig nichols is a genius and um got thrown under the bus by by the press and and i hope he does better and uh i really recommend reading that double j article called, oh yeah so the article's called why the vines deserve a serious real appraisal they'll never mm-hmm. get very strong so so yeah i i think i know what you're going to say but what's your final conclusion over or well, underrated
0: i wonder if i more appreciated in australia because obviously doing some youtube searching they seem to still be interviewed a lot on in on australian radio australian tv um, I guess maybe because of his condition, he's not wanting to talk to leave this country, yeah. and that's kind of hurt his career. You, you haven't seen them live, have you, Babs? I,
1: I like. I think now mm. that I've seen the Hives live, they are probably the band I am the sad, You know, the band who are still alive that I am the saddest about not having seen. I would have loved. Which is to why, see them.
0: obviously, with lockdown, I think obviously he needs a bit of cash. Mm. I'm really surprised they're not going for a twenty twenty two. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, uh, the 20th anniversary of Harley Involved Tour. Because surely that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, then that would be a great way to see him live. I didn't really hate anything, mm-hmm. but nothing really appealed to me, um, unfortunately.
1: But is it... Because I, I guess I didn't really know how you felt about kind of psychode- psychedelia and proggy. No, what?
0: I don't... I, no, I've, I've got some... High pretentious um albums with like there's a band called amusement park um uh, movement parks from fire who have 14 minute tracks right. um so so i don't mind I mean, it i
1: haven't <laughs> put
0: Tower either at 15 minutes yeah there we go so yeah I, I don't mind it i don't mind a bit of the epic track um but yeah yeah that, that, that didn't bother me but yeah maybe the influences yeah i feel like i don't want to feel like a, an old man saying oh but that's copy they're copying the bands of my era um but yeah i can't really hear a vine's pure sound um, not even the harmonies no I don't, I don't know and even like you know like get free it sounds like other bands unfortunately
1: i think they're, they're always compared to pavement which is still a mysterious band for me because every time i've had pavement i've not liked them so
0: yeah not funny um but yeah <laughs> but i uh, yeah but i'm, I'm really happy that um craig is into brit pop he loves Supergrass, loves blur did you hear the story things.
1: about what happened when yeah, yeah. <laughs> at
0: a party didn't he, didn't he go mad at a party he went mad like, at a party outside. because the dj played a
1: Supergrass song and then threw a bucket of water over himself and cracked like yeah something like that yeah
0: it's uh so yeah so it's got it's got good taste in music
1: i immediately liked winning days and highly involved every other album since i found it a bit difficult to get into and it's so uneven that you kind of you know you have to treat it more like a playlist than an album sometimes um so i, I feel like every year I, I kind of have to listen to Divine's again and and kind of note down the songs that i like but um but yeah i mean i asked about what you know do you like and Prog? because i have to say i'm i'm not so au fait with it and again maybe that's why i like them so much because they just did it into something a bit shorter and a bit more accessible
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i did not know they had made seven albums Is it seven albums now i think so yeah and I was like, fuck me, because, like, yeah, I had not heard of anything. I mean, I I, I bought, like, you know, music magazines up until, like, 2012 or 14. I never saw any reviews of Divines. That's why I said That's why I felt like, yeah, you're, you're correct. It is unfair, because they get fuck-all press. They right. get
1: fuck-all press. And, and, like, that's it. And it's, it's so often framed around, oh, you know, like, isn't he troubled? And you're like, mm. well, yes, he is. But in part, he's troubled because of you and... I, I, I just I think I don't know, similar people, it's like, oh, but he's a genius and people don't think that about Craig. And it's like he is one man writing all these songs. Like he writes most of the songs. He's come up with this sound and yeah, I think I think that they're, they're they're very original. And do a reckoning. Or well, re- no reappraisal. They're due a reappraisal. Join me on my quest, people of the internet, because no <laughs> one I know in real life is clearly with me on this. But uh yeah.
0: Well, you know, Rick Astley is now a loved artist no one to that so who knows in in 10 years time craig nichols will be playing with the coolest indie band covering... so did you see
1: him with the killers
0: i yeah exactly and that's a surprise because you know because they kind of were out at the same time i guess 2004 there would have been you no know, contemporaries so yeah so it's nice that he's happy to still do that
1: yeah i mean i you know i'm not a huge brandon flowers fan but i will say that he is He's very good at kind of, yeah, bringing people on board and, mm, and talking mm. about his influences, right? Like we've talked about him lovingly talking about the Pet Shop Boys at, at the Brit Awards. And it was really nice.
0: So is, is this the end of our Australian episode? Uh,
1: I think it is the end of our Australian episode, but I think there's there's defin, definite fodder for a part two.
0: It's a shame we can't do like underrated part of a band career because NSS from 1980 to and, 1986... We can do whatever we want that would be like yeah the, the, the pre-kick era In Excess, I think is fucking underrated and I loved the albums before what, that
1: what's, what are the most famous songs from that era?
0: Well, that's it you wouldn't know because like, They're not on the they were tips. not played yeah yeah, yeah. Like, if you buy the greatest hits of, of um, In Excess they may have one song pre-kick which I find insane what, But
1: and, uh, what are the singles? because I think I know In Excess a little bit so I'm wondering if I know any of them so,
0: so, so songs as I love pre-kick is, so I think Don't Change is probably one of my favourite songs of all time I I it. yeah and it's like yeah it's mad like and um like shabu shabat shabu's fucking terrible it sounds nothing like anything you've got from an catalogue mm-hmm. it's quite uh, arty experimental new wave and it's it's, it's loads of oh, but you
1: know what we could do bands that sounded very different at the beginning of the careers and we could do in excess we could do simple minds and we could do human league
0: yeah, exactly. So, about, yeah, the, the, the typical yeah. sounds is nothing, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good shout. Mm.
1: And we can do anything we want.
0: We can do... We can do anything. We do anything.
1: But yeah, you were asking, okay, is that the end of our Australia episodes? For yeah. now, I think we will probably be back. And and actually, I didn't shout this out at all, but Australian listeners are the third biggest group who listen to our podcast. It's uh, UK, US and Australia. So hello, people in Australia. We hope uh, we haven't insulted your country too much. And I would like to shout out Auntie Donna the comedy sketch trio i've been really listening to their podcast and it is one of the funniest things i've ever heard in my life and i'm listening to it for the second time and i really want to shout out the pun watch podcast which hasn't you know existed in a while but um it's basically like um a host reads out a news story that has a pun headline and these different comedians have to come up with what the pun headline is and it is honestly very very entertaining if you like puns if you don't i don't recommend it but yeah album club as well australian podcast that's really good so guys give us your australian podcast recommendations and um keep on having a very vibrant music and cultural scene i suppose <laughs> well done guys <laughs> bye, bye. huru <laughs> everyone that's the end of our australia episode and we hope that you enjoyed it heaps I would just like to say that I forgot to mention one of the songs that I talk about when discussing the Vines, Spaceship. I think that you should go and listen to it. Fran probably thinks that you shouldn't. We still love each other despite despite not always agreeing on music. But we do like to hear from people who do share our music tastes. So if you agree with me over Fran, please do get in touch. You can tweet us at OU Music Pod. Our Instagram is at over underrated music Pod, And you can email us over underrated music Pod at gmail.com. I hope you are throwing many shrimps on many Barbies or your plant-based equivalents. Have a lovely day or evening or morning.
0: Good-loo.